All right. I think we're good to go. Kate, how you feeling? Feeling good. How you feeling? I'm feeling. I'm feeling real good. We got a podcast this Monday morning. This is my first ever time doing a podcast in the morning time. Also, first time doing one without a beard in front of me. And ironically, I've got Cade with me here today, who is a bar owner. Is that so right, you, Cade? You're looking for a beer. I got a full glass of vodka here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then mine is tequila, <laughs> actually. So I sh- my pants should be full of urine by the end of the podcast. Everything according to plan. But yeah, I got Cade here. He is the uh, co-owner of Aces here in Duluth downtown. Um, we're going to get into a little bit about owning a bar, but let's maybe start with how you got interested in bars to begin with. Because you were a bartender for a long time, prior yeah, to owning one, right? This is my 22nd or 23rd year tending bar. Okay. Um, I started right away at 18, and I found it. Well, I started serving tables first, and then I realized that the bar was a better place to be, so I swapped sure. over to that. Faked it till I made it, told them I had experience, never had any experience. <laughs> I love it. Learned how to bartend by asking people, how do you like yours made? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they not only give you the recipe, but they give you the correct recipe of mm. how it tastes the best because they drink that drink. Sure. So I thought that was a good way to jump into it. And when you started, you probably didn't have cell phones that you could just... No cell phones. We had the, the uh, Mr. Boston's bartender guide behind the bar for cocktails. Oh, sure. Where there, uh, where, what bar did you start bartending at? Was it here in Duluth? No, it was in Colorado Springs at Bennett's Barbecue. Oh, yeah. nice. How long did you live in Colorado for? Uh, about three years, right out of high school. Moved out there to be a snowboard bum. Love it. Yeah. Where did you snowboard at? Everywhere. Uh, Keystone, Breck, A-Basin, Crested Butte, uh, Ski Cooper, Loveland, um, Vail, Aspen, Beaver Creek. Jeez. I've been, I've been all over Colorado. I love Colorado. Yeah. I think uh, I've only been, I've been to Breck, Vail, Keystone and Loveland and I I think Breck would probably be my favorite just because of the like the little town that it has yeah it's a really cool village they have a really good snowboard park there too with the super pipe yeah, yeah. Keystone's area 51 is tough to beat though for the the snowboard park yeah that is super sick out there uh, so when did you move back to Duluth uh, Duluth I came back to Duluth in 2001 and okay. landed a really crummy bartending job at the Radisson Hotel <laughs> Nice. As a service bartender, and it was miserable because it was a little cubicle that faced out with a little window, and that's all it was, and a ledge, and servers would come by and pick up their drinks. And uh, I spent the bulk of my time killing fruit flies and cockroaches (laughs) (laughs) staring out the window. Yeah. And as everybody's slowly rotating by, it feels like you're the one spinning and they're standing Ah. still. (laughs) So were you, oh, so you were in, is the center, you stay still? On that? Yeah, the like center where you were still. standing. Okay, yep. so it was just the customers that were spinning in a circle. Yeah, but sit there long enough, and it feels like you're all spinning. <laughs> yeah, that would make me dizzy. I don't know. Yeah, um, that was a short-lived affair. After that, I went to Grandma's, and I started working at the up bar there. Okay. At the saloon. That's down a good the spot. Yeah. Yep. And I put in over six years down there. Okay. Yeah, the up bar was. Uh, I think it's kind of calmed down a little bit, but at least when I was like closer to 21 and stuff, Thursday yep. nights the up bar was the Thursday nights used to be the was jam. the place to be. It was yeah. packed in there. There wasn't. It was kind of a different vibe too, because there wasn't a dance floor, so it was just like music and social socializing yep. and, and the cool patio too. Yep, the cool patio. Yeah. Getting turned down by girls out there is a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so did you uh, like when you start bartending? Did you realize like, hey, this is kind of what I want to do? Like, well, for it was the rest really of good my way life to get drinks for free, get food for free from the restaurants, yeah, and make a bunch of cash at the end of the night. 
sure and be social without being hammered by the end of the night yeah do you and drink a lot your when you're not i don't drink at all when i'm not bartending oh wow yeah, i don't have any drinks i don't have any liquor at my house or any beer at my house um which is good because you just need to take a break yeah yeah so i work you know four or five days a week and then i take three days off sure yeah i think that's somewhat common though i feel like a lot of bartenders don't drink Wait, well, you don't work. go to bars when you're not working because you've been in a bar all week at that point. <laughs> yeah. So people no, are like, want to go out? And you're like, no, <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to do something else. Uh, so we're, how did this opportunity to uh, buy Aces present itself? Well, I was uh, bartending at the Rat Skeller, and I had been the general manager of that for about seven years. And uh, okay. I remember seeing you there before you bought Aces. Yep. And the... The restaurant upstairs had closed a few times. Tycoons. Oh yeah. It was started as Tycoons that closed up, and then it went to uh, the Blind Pig. That's right. And that closed as well. And at the time the Blind Pig was closing, I made a uh, intent to buy letter to the owner, and uh, of that restaurant. Of the just the Rat Skeller. Oh sure. Yeah. So I wanted to just buy the bar from underneath there. Yeah. And uh, long story short. Um, due to no fault of my own, that fell through. And as it fell through, that's when uh, Chaz came by and was like, well, you want to go buy Aces? And I said, sure. <laughs> we just turned around and bought that. Oh, nice. It was really just a snappy decision. We, I'd never even really been in there. I, I was in there a couple times when I was 21, but yeah. I had never been back for years because, like I said, I don't really go to the bars when I'm not working. So Sure. Yeah, because it used to be uh, the guy that owned Spurs also owned Aces. Yep. Right? I forget his name. Uh, Nick Patronis. Nick, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah, and he had both of those for quite a while. I want to say at least 15 to 18 years. Yeah. I remember seeing him in Spurs all the time when I was 21. He'd usually like stand near the door and yeah, just check things out. Yeah, same thing when I went there when I was 21. He'd stand <laughs> yeah. at the door of Aces. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It seems like Aces, I mean, you guys have kind of blown it up a little bit since you bought it, though. Because it used to be like you would go to Aces for just like a single drink and there wouldn't be that many people there. And then you would go to Spurs and that was kind of the place yep. the place to be. But it almost seems like I like Aces more than Spurs. Obviously, I have a biased opinion because they're sitting right next to me. But I like Aces more than Spurs, I think, on the weekend. Yeah, but it I seems do, like it got busier. I do, too. It's a little, it's a little less of a – the, the crowd's not quite so young. Sure. You know? Yeah. You'll see more of like the late 20s to early right. 40s rather than. Yeah, 25 to 35 to instead of like 18 to 20. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yep. I'm just kidding, Jana. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Is that who owns Spurs? Yeah. No? She's okay. one of my very, very good friends. Nice. I like to well, give her help. I'm sorry. But I said <laughs> I prefer Aces over Spurs now. But we have done, we have made better of it because we've, you know, we looked at, Chaz and I were just talking about this when we first bought the place. We had their numbers you know for the years sure and things have been growing exponentially so it's working okay yeah it's going it good. was the was the bar making money when you bought it no it was in real rough shape okay yeah what are some of the things that you think you did that well turned it around or made a difference i think by being there all the time that helps a lot um i think both chaz's and i's history as bartenders in duluth helps a lot because we know a lot of people from around right that come to visit yep I think that being consistent and having um, everything stocked that you need to have, not running out of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think having friendly serve staff and not, you know, snappy, angry bartenders. <laughs> yeah, that can happen. That can happen. I think having uh, really good DJs helps too. They carry the, the party. Yep. And as a, a DJ company owner, I have access to a lot of really good DJs, so that's Perfect. been really helpful for, the, for us. 
So do you use your own DJ company then for the DJing or? Uh, well, it's all been kind of conglomerated now. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So yes, in a way. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have the you have the bar and the DJ company. Are there any other things that you kind of uh, dabbling in? Some rental properties. Nice. Um, and then there's always something else going on. Sure. You know, whether it's freelance bartending gigs or doing just like we all do, you know. You all got everybody's oh got yeah. their little just looking for the next opportunity kind of yeah, thing. Anything pops up, we'll do it. Wh why uh, why DJ? That is music probably my first love, you know. Sure. Ever since way back, my brother got me into techno and we started messing around on turntables and oh, nice. DJing raves. Yeah. All the time. And then the DJ company sprang from the need to make money to buy DJ equipment to spin the raves because raves really don't pay anything. Ah. So we had to find a way to, you know, pay for the gear. And weddings pay really well. So it turns out you can buy a lot of gear from doing a few weddings a year. Sure. And then it kind of just grew off of that because once you do one wedding, then five people at the wedding are like, hey, I'm getting married next year. So they're like. Nice. Starts compounding. Card and then it kind of compounds, yeah. Yeah. You're still doing weddings. You said in events and things. I am still doing weddings and events, but not okay. nearly as much as I used to because I've been so busy with owning a bar. Sure. It's hard to get weekends off, and that's when weddings are. Yeah. Because we have so much going on on the weekends. Yeah. And as you said, you're usually there at the bar. You just told me you're there usually like Wednesday through Saturday. Yeah. You'll actually be there bartending. Actually, last Saturday was the first Saturday since we bought the place four years ago. Holy cow. That neither Chaz or I was there on a Saturday. Oh, wow. Yeah. How many how many other bartenders do you have working there? Well, it kind of varies, but usually we have between five and seven or sure. so. Yep. Yeah. We don't need a big staff because we only have one bar. And if uh -huh. you put any more than four bartenders back there, everybody's just stumbling into each other. So Sure. Makes And you get along with the staff pretty well and everything? Really well. We have a great staff. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I love my staff. I always thought it would be kind of fun to be a bartender, kind of just like the atmosphere that you're in. You're in, you grow that it relationship is, with the other bartenders. And it is absolutely hilarious. You know, yeah. Johnny McGee shut the cashier on his shirt last week and his button got jammed in there. <laughs> he got stuck to the till. <laughs> oh, no. Just little things like that every night are hilarious because he's yeah. trying to walk away and he's trapped, you know. <laughs> yeah, pulling the thing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's like the tip of the iceberg. It's it's a good camaraderie, you know. I bet. When we, when we all just get absolutely stuck in the weeds eventually we'll just take its stop and just have a shot and be like all right here we go nice you know it gets busy in there too yeah it's like a saturday night you go in there and like the oh, bar is packed with people you have your head in the ice bin usually from about 11 straight till 130 yeah yeah that was it. it's always as a, a person that goes to the bar like if i go to aces or something and the line is like long i've always been told like bartenders don't like it when you try to get their attention you have to just like go there and they see you and they will come up to you kind yeah. of thing. but i always want to be like, hey i'm right here Can it's, you see me? it's it is hard to understand that when you're on the other side but as you pull up to the bar bartenders automatically register you and they put you into a queue so oh sure as you arrive no matter where you're at in their section usually because we They'll split the bar into four. Makes sense. Yeah. You'll know the last person you served and then the last person to arrive, and you just work your way back and forth that okay. way. So everybody's in turn. And granted, you know, that might get messed up a little bit once in a while, but yeah. pretty religiously we're keeping an eye on who shows up when, and that's how our order goes. And when somebody's jumping in in front, it's like, hang on. You should be a nice, just I'll get you in a second because you have an order in your head that you're making. Yep. You have the next guy's order that he shouted at you as you were making that. <laughs> and then 
if you order, then you have three orders in your head, and sometimes they'll start mixing them up. So you got to just kind of go one at a time. Yeah. And some people take that to extremes. They'll snap. They'll throw money. They'll slap the bar. I had one guy at the Rats together on a busy night take one of our hard cardboard menus and just whap. Oh, my sound God. like a gunshot on the bar. Jeez. <laughs> Definitely got my attention. I walked over, grabbed the menu out of his hand. I was like, you have to the count of three to get the fuck out of the bar. <laughs> and he's oh, like, nice. what? I was like, one. <laughs> Jesus. And he left pretty quick. Well, at first he's like, you're joking. I was like, two. And I got one foot up on the bar like I was going to jump it. And he's like, all right, all right. <laughs> he learned That's his awesome. lesson real quick that those kind of manners are not acceptable at all. What is that? What are like some of the crazier things that you've seen? As far as just customer bad yeah, behavior? Just, yeah, customer bad behavior, let's say. Oh, that's a long list, man, especially I throughout bet. 22 years. But yeah. I guess some of the more recent highlights were uh, – there was a little scuffle over by the tall tables, and my bouncer grabbed the guy that was the instigator. Yep. He grabbed him kind of by the waist and picked him up. So he had him in front of him, and he starts running him out the door. But he's behind him, so he couldn't really realize that the guy was about a head and a half taller. So as they're quickly approaching the doorway, oh, <laughs> the no. guy is going like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Wham, door jam right in the forehead. Ugh. So that was that was funny when I watched that go down. I got a good kick out of that because the guy <laughs> yeah. definitely deserved it. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be a lot of that though. Just like a lot of fighting in the bar. Many time you have that many Usually people. Usually the fighting together. happens outside, but uh, once good. in a while you get a few scuffles inside. Yeah. Um, what about uh, you? Got to see a ton of guys like hitting on girls and stuff like constantly. Oh yeah, it's it's been very interesting over the years to see. Have you seen any funny game stories of guys to? getting turned down or? Well, I never think it's funny when guys get turned on. <laughs> sure. You know, we've all been that guy, too. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. Which but, is um, why I think it's sometimes kind of funny, because I'm like, okay, I know. Yeah. I know where he's at right now. But usually the funny ones are, like, the drunkest guy in the bar who's just slobbering on himself, trying to, you know, throw some game out there and just absolutely getting shot down. Yeah. Because you just knew he, and he knew he never had a chance in the first place, but just relentless drunkenness, you know? Yeah. Um, But... I've, I've heard a lot of good lines over the years, and I've seen a lot of good successes. And, you know, we try to – Aces is, in a way, a singles bar. So sure. people do their – go there to meet people. And a yeah, lot of times I mean, you've got the little uh, – you've got the tight, tight-knit tight dance floor out there. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's cool because especially during times of, like, quarantine and COVID and pandemic stuff, everybody's feeling so sheltered that right. they really need a place to go and, like, talk to someone face-to-face instead of on their phone or via – an app or whatever. Yeah. I think it's really important for people to get out there and just meet somebody. Oh, absolutely. And we have a lot of cool stories where people are like, ah, I met my fiance here, you know, five years ago and we're married now and we have kids and everything else. And <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it's cool like that. It's very cool. Um, you briefly mentioned the, the quarantine. I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but yeah. how, uh, how did that affect you guys? Like right when everything was happening with COVID? Well, initially we were confused about it because it was kind of one of those things where is this really going to be an issue? Right. And then when they cl- when they shut us down, then we were concerned about it because you know the oh, bills natural. don't stop coming in, and then <laughs> right. yeah. you have no income coming in. And then the state helped out a little bit, and we had also kind of prepared for maybe not that exactly, but just for bad times. Sure, makes so sense. So we were able to pull through it. And then immediately when it stopped, everybody came out in such force that things just blew up. So yeah. it was really kind of a 
almost a good thing in a way. Sure. You know. It kind of catapulted it. It did kind of catapult, yeah. How long were you guys shut down for? Was it I'm try- was it like I think a in total we lasted five months. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Of actually having to be closed. And then yeah. we had another, I want to say, at least three months of, like, limited hours limited and, like, weird restrictions and, and things like that. Yeah. And limited capacity, and you have to shut down by 10 o'clock or... And that was actually more difficult than being closed because now you're running up utility bills. But you're, for us as a nightclub, all of our business happens after 10 o'clock. Oh, right. So yeah. we're basically standing there for a few hours with the with the good friends, you know, hanging yeah. out. And then the time to go, guys. <laughs> you right. Know, see you later. That's crazy. So that was, that was a little weird. I'm glad that's over. Five months. I don't know why I didn't remember it like being that long. Yeah. Well, it was like three months and they turned us back on at Limited. Royal yeah. And they took off another two months. That was crazy. Yeah. It was weird, though. I think Jesse and I had talked about it a little bit in the last podcast, but we just, like, when it first hit, we didn't know, like, what COVID was. There was, like, people were saying, like, could be 10 to 20%, like, yeah. death rate coming in on it. So it was kind of a weird, a weird, people were buying toilet paper and, like, hoarding bread and yeah, chicken breasts and stuff. I got COVID right out of the gates. Did you? Like, instantly. Have you had it since? Yeah, I've had it twice now. Okay. Yep. But I'm fully vaxxed, too, and boosted, so, I mean, Sh- I don't know. Should help also least. i never got sick from covid it was uh, like a headache i actually got it on my birthday weekend so i thought for a while there that i just had a hangover <laughs> and then yeah the hangover persisted for like two extra days and i was like all right we didn't get that crazy on the birthday so i yeah. got tested and found out that i had it and then by that time it was over so well, but I'm, l- I'm one of the lucky ones and I understand yeah that for sure there are some like people that everyone. get bad yeah yeah I was just fortunate. It is str- it's strange how it affects people differently. Like some people, it seems like they have a tough time getting it, and others have had it multiple times. And when they get it, it's really bad. But right. Some it's it's not so bad. It's a weird, it it's a weird a, thing. It is a weird thing. Yep. What did you so What did you guys do? Like when you while you were shut down, did you take up like any new hobbies or anything like that? Since you well had a little I bit of extra free time. Every single project I could think of at my primary residence. <laughs> oh sure. And started a whole bunch of new projects. Mm-hmm. And really. I'm not going to lie, it was one of the coolest times ever because I haven't had a day off in my adult life, really, yeah. <laughs> you know, except for a couple of days for oh, a weekend. Yeah. So having five months of downtime, I could really get used to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. It was I know, a I glimpse of retirement. Thing. It was just like, it was so strange, like not having stuff to do. Yeah. And for the first, you know, couple of weeks, three weeks, four weeks, it was it was just relaxing and then it started to turn into a little bit of boredom and that's when it was like all right well let's find something to work on so i built a staircase back to my fire pit and nice oh i put in a hot tub just all kinds of random stuff yeah yeah you live in duluth too no i live in esco oh okay nice um what what is it that owning a bar like what are you inspired by with the bar like what is you have like an ultimate goal with the bar or like what what inspires you when we bought the place it was, you know, uh, kind of a, I want to say it seemed like a hockey college bar kind of vibe. Sure, yeah. And I came from sort of a, like, a ultra lounge background. Yeah. But I also worked at Grandma's, which is college bar as the well. The opposite of an ultra lounge. But I did that when I was in college. Yeah. So then as I got older, you know, I worked at Zeitgeist and the Ratskiller, which is kind of a different vibe. So I was thinking about hopefully trying to bring some of that vibe to the earlier part of the night and then sure. do the dance party rager yeah. at the end of the night. So I think the evolution of the two or like the combination of the two was a good 
way to go because mm -hmm. once it hits about 10 o'clock then you can crank up the tunes and rock out nice but early you can serve great cocktails and converse oh you know? sure yeah and then um i'm really into like graffiti and steampunk and skateboarding and snowboarding and stuff nice. like that so we've changed the motif especially of the back room to accommodate that okay and like the main art in the front room is all graffiti whereas before it was like scantily clad women from nick patronus's beautiful days, you know yeah <laughs> so it's just <laughs> very classy just kind of like toning that down a little bit and then moving it to more of like a urban sort of feel you know sure yeah okay do you have any uh do you have any plans for any type of change well we always have plans where it's we're constantly trying to like take things to the next level but sure space is limited so it's hard to reinvent the wheel in there because everything kind of sits where it sits. Right. You know, so I think as far as anything drastic, probably not. But mm -hmm. just getting new games, better atmosphere. It's it's like eclectic, you know, because as you live in a house, you gather stuff. People bring oh stuff right. to your house. You get yep. new furniture. You get, you know, a different picture on the wall. And that kind of happens when you have a bar, too. You know, you get pictures on the wall from your customers. You get random things they bring you from their vacations that go up on the shelf and nice. you yeah. know just kind of like add another skateboard to the back room things like that nice you know? yeah okay. just kind of fills the place out and makes it homier you know sure yeah makes sense yeah you think you'll get any more bars in the future yeah i think so We're, we've already been looking at places for a while now places specific <laughs> to like duluth the twin ports area or yeah i don't want to be you know because i like to be pretty hands-on with my sure. establishment so i think that it would have to be right around here somewhere would you want to stay downtown yeah i like downtown um probably i guess ideally it would be maybe superior street yeah. block down okay yeah i like first street a lot but first street also has some interesting people that live there <laughs> that is true yeah superior love street. them all but goodness oh, of course. gracious once in a while <laughs> Yeah, like Dublin's has a pretty good spot. I also like uh, I like the Carmody's a lot. Yep. I think that's a cool spot. If you could get something near Carmody's, that would be that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, what else? Or Jesse, you work on Superior Street. I do. At Blacklist. Blacklist. Yep. Yep. That's a great spot. Are you looking forward to your new location? location? Oh yeah. Yeah. And we're all excited. Wait a minute. Where's it moving to? Uh, just one block east. Yep. To the old right Carlson the Book uh, Building. North Shore oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what block you think would be the best block to be on? Well, you you want to be next to a few other places because people like to bounce around. So sure. I'd say you know somewhere in between Carmody's and Dublin's, mm -hmm. ideally, you know. Right. Would you ever do a brewery? I don't think I'd do a brewery. Um, I think that the breweries that we have in Duluth are really good at what they do. That's very true. But I think that there is a max number of breweries per city that you can have and i think we're closely approaching that number like legally no just or just because the amount that you should have right because what will happen is that the next guy will just close because people are moving to the one with the best beer you know sure mm -hmm. i just don't think that you can sustain that many breweries and do you think you're at liberty to say which brewery would be your favorite in town in terms of quality uh, of beer yeah maybe not quality but taste personal opinion of taste i think blacklist has very unique boutique beer and sure. i think that their belgian styles are out of this world uh, actually i think a lot of breweries have really good offerings 
for what they're specific to. Um, ben Paddle all around is a very cool atmosphere and yeah. kind of a local staple. I also like the cideries too. Yep. Yeah. Those are fun to hang out. They're always doing stuff over the summer too. Yeah, I the think it's kind of just fun. cool as a collect. I think that's good to have a a multitude of options. Hundred percent. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool. Like the breweries in Lincoln Park are. It has a little bit of a different vibe than like Blacklist or Hoops, the ones that are like downtown in Canal Park. Right, and the ones down in Canal Park tend to be a little more tourist oriented. For sure. And I think the yep. beer quality suffers sometimes with that because they tend to move towards beers that are more enjoyable by the masses and I think mm-hmm. you lose something in that when you're doing real craft brews yeah you know, and you're catering to the locals right I think they're a little more selective and I think you get a better selection out of that yeah like Lake Superior Brewing Company definitely is appealing to the masses on on their list of beers that they have yeah which is important too especially if you're in Canal Park because the volume of people that come through there really it's crazy drink light beer and if yeah. you don't have McGold Night you better have an equivalent an equivalent yeah, yeah. Okay. Where'd, uh, so if you didn't have a bar in Duluth, where do you think you'd want to own a bar? Uh, on the beach, somewhere down in the Caribbean. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like Puerto Rico or something, are you saying? Yeah, Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, wherever. Nice. Just Caribbean, Mexico, I don't know. The wear t- a Hawaiian shirt bar. and a straw hat every day to work? Yeah, I think that'll be retirement plans, you know? <laughs> nice. How old do you want to be when you retire? Uh, is tomorrow too soon? Yeah. <laughs> So you would just, that would be a sweet gig if you just retired, moved to Puerto Rico, and you would want to own the bar, or you would want to just be a bartender at a bar? Oh, you got to own the bar. Being a bartender is great, but I've noticed that the jump from being a bartender to being a bar owner is not a large jump whatsoever, because bartenders basically do everything that the owner does. Oh, sure. You know, except for a little bit of paperwork, mm-hmm. and the paperwork's really minimal, so yeah, I I honestly wish I would have jumped into being a bar owner a lot younger than I am now sure because when i when i finally did it i i realized then that i could have been doing this for a long time uh-huh yeah is it different in like doing like a restaurant like are, are, the, are the margins different or are the yeah the margins are a lot better selling liquor than food um also that was one of my prerequisites for buying aces that it didn't serve food because i didn't want to have to deal with um kitchen staff which is very hard to keep employed because sure they tend to, there's a lot of turnover in kitchen staff, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. spoilage with food. Um, just a lot, there's a lot of losses in food service. It's really yeah. hard to keep up with that. And you actually have to have really good food, otherwise people won't come, which means you have to buy quality ingredients, which are more expensive. Sure. And it's really, I think a lot of places, even restaurants, count on their liquor sales to offset their food. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. So it makes more sense just to not yeah, have so food. just skip the food. And if you want, you can do some frozen pizzas or something. This is an yeah. option, but... You guys don't do that, We though, don't right? do any food, no. Yeah. And, it's, and it works out fine. Once in a pipe, once in a while, people ask if we have some snacks or something, but fortunately, we have Sammy's Pizza next door, Coney Island across right. the street, Herbert's and Gerbert's. Yeah. And I'd say just go grab it and bring it over. That Herbert's and Gerbert's is perfect, too, because they're open late. They're, they're open, open late. till like, 1 or something like that. I always thought Coney would do well if they st- stayed open late, too. Oh, yeah, right across crowd. the street. You know, because remember how Lucha used to be the after... 100%. Bar zombie line? Where yeah. everybody's standing there like, pizza. Oh, yeah. I, I was in that line many times. Yeah, if Sammy's did that or Coney did that, they, 
I mean, there's so many people in that block at the end of the oh, day. Sammy's would crush it if yeah. they just sold slices for like, they I mean, it could literally be $8 it. a slice. And right. like these college kids, they wouldn't eat. I know like when I was 21, 22, I'd go to Luce and I literally have no idea what I ever paid for a slice of pizza. It no, could have been $20. It didn't matter. It, I was and just so hungry that I was willing to pay it. And then in the summertime, we have food trucks out there and those guys Ooh, yeah. tend to clean up on that. I bet. But I I'll think having like a staple restaurant that's open late. I so does Luce not do that anymore? Probably not, right? They don't do the pizza I, thing anymore? You know, I don't know if you noticed this, but restaurants in Duluth are all, like, closed by 10. They, I don't, know. they don't open until 4. Yeah. Most of them close at 8 or 9 now. You can't get any That's late so night so annoying. Yeah. I, uh, I live above the Crooked Pine, actually. Yep. And, uh, like, it's just, they close at 10, which is, like, it's kind of annoying because, like, there's sometimes in the weekends where, like, yeah, I don't really want to, like, go out, out. But, right. like, it would be cool to, like, just kind of. Go downstairs from where you live and have a beer. And have a couple of beers and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it's because, yeah, restaurants, they used to all be open till midnight. And then, right. like, all the fast food places were open till like two, sometimes three o'clock. And now it's like. A lot of places are limiting their menus too now. I think it's just, a lot of it is just they can't find work though, isn't it? That's, isn't it? That is what it is, yeah. Sure. And Sammy's, I mean, they've gra- drastically reduced their menu because they just don't have the labor right now. Mm hmm. But I feel like that's got to be coming to some sort of an end now because the unemployment thing kind of ran out. So mm-hmm. I think people are rejoining the workforce. But I think what happened is when the workforce got shook up, a lot of people that were in low-level jobs were able to upgrade into mid-level jobs. So I think that a lot of the minimum wage jobs aren't desirable anymore. And sure. that's why you see places like McDonald's upping it to $17 an hour. It's crazy what McDonald's yeah. is paying. It's crazy. I think some of those managers are making big money too or like really right. good money which i think is really cool because these people deserve too. to make a livable wage they put up with a lot of crap they put up with a lot of crap so but yeah i think that as far as a lot of the local joints go that they can't afford to pay 17 dollars an hour to someone sure at a local restaurant because that would just put them under they're mm-hmm. having a hard time restaffing right yeah yeah i wonder what you do to fix that jesse what would you do to fix that the people the getting more people to do the minimum wage jobs Jesse says he's not sure okay well if you think of something let us know well I think if we had the answer to that we would save the economy you know <laughs> yeah 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 I think there's a lot of people thinking about that right now I don't, yeah it's tough because I mean because what is minimum wage right now is it like nine uh, I think it's 1065 okay and that that Wait, I think I just got a new poster. I don't know if I've looked at it, but I don't pay my employees minimum. We we make over, so sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you uh, do you have much turnover in like your bartenders and stuff? We didn't have have any turnover at all until COVID hit. That's when we lost our first two employees Mm. through COVID, and then since then we've had a couple of people move away. But other than that. Everybody that's started there has stayed there. Nice. Yeah. We're <laughs> really fortunate. We have a really loyal staff. You think there's something that you guys do differently to, to keep people? Um, well, we treat them with respect. Makes sense. Yeah. And pay them well and make sure that their needs are taken care of and we're really flexible with their schedules. You know? Sure. Yeah. If you're sick, stay home. That kind of thing. Makes sense. Yeah. It's pretty simple. <laughs> you know? Right. You just treat people like you'd want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I was wondering too, what do you do to like get business? Like are there things that you guys do to like get your name out or get to bar, uh, get people more interested in the bar? We don't, we haven't ever advertised at all or sure. anything. We have some social media for the bar. We have a Facebook and uh, Instagram. However, I don't think we've posted anything on there in the last two or three years. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. neither Chaz nor I really mess with that stuff. Yeah. So we're just word of mouth then. Just word of mouth. Yeah. Um, we have a website, but I'm not sure. And I think once you get into that rotation, like we were saying of like on the weekends, like the, the college kids make the same rotation usually to the yeah. same bars. So, I, I mean, you guys are able to get in and stay in that rotation to where, I mean, it kind of just continues as long as you continue to treat them right i have kind of a philosophy with social media and i've done this in my personal life is instead of you know facebook do facetime so instead of reading someone's posts online you know come in and say hi let's talk about your weekend yeah and i think that that's more valuable than you know looking at someone's picture from florida oh 100 come in and tell you what they did over the weekend Mm -hmm. so me personally by not having social media I think it prompts people to just come in and say, hey, how's it going? Check in yeah. and stuff like that. So you don't Instead have Facebook like or Instagram or no, anything? No, I don't. Instead wow. of they just, I never have either. Yeah. I yeah. tried finding you on Facebook. I'm like, you must not have one. Yeah. And so instead of just background, kind of knowing what you're up to, mm-hmm. it just helps that they want to just, it just, it's more of a personal thing just to come in and catch up. 100%. Because you know? that's what bars are for, it's catching yeah. up. So I know what everybody's been up to, but I don't see, I don't follow their posts because right. I just would rather talk to him about it yeah you know that makes a lot of sense I think That's marketing works that way too the less you say the more people are curious to see what's going on mm-hmm. you know because if you're really quiet about stuff then it's almost more intriguing to show up and see what's going on yeah versus having your pictures of your crowd every weekend and saying look what we're doing you know? <laughs> sure yeah and plus people at the bar they don't really want to be on your website that's very true you know? yeah they're there to have a time and yeah. let loose and they don't want people tracking them and following post it all them over the place post it all over the place so uh-huh. i've always taken a very hands-off approach to marketing and such sure yeah do you do you don't do like any events or anything like well that? we do some events but we don't advertise those either um we have an event coming up on the 18th of, or 18th or 19th of February. It's the Dope Music Takeover, and it's like an EDM tribe from up oh, on nice. the range that yeah. come in. They, they used to come in about once a year and throw a big party EDM show. Okay. And then just a couple of weeks ago, we did the after party for the Red Bull Heavy Metal Snowboard event. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and I that saw Damage Post there all at Aces. so much fun. That would be so sick. I all sh- the pros came out and were hanging out at Aces and dancing. Yeah. They flew in a DJ from Philadelphia. That's so sick. And he was really good, too. Matty Moe. I was wondering where where everybody was going to go after. I was kind of hoping that I could go out and find him. I didn't see it till the next day. Yeah. But it just, like, if you're there and, like, also Chris Grenier is there, like, standing next to you, yeah. that would be so sick. Yeah. It was really fun or time. Or even, like, Benny Milam or uh, was the Zed go out? Yeah, he was there. After there? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Did you, did you watch that Red Bull thing? Yeah. That was fun. Those guys are bonkers. Those I guys are crazy. The stuff they were pulling out of that. Oh, my bowl. God. That, uh, that young kid... Brett, his Instagram is the Hitman. Do yeah, you know, he's sponsored yep. by Damage or whatever. Yeah. I see him out at Spirit all the time. I'm always on the rope till. He is crazy. The stuff that he's doing, he's so good. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, and, and I, I think he's only like 19 or something. Yeah, well, those young kids bounce better than us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and my uh, my. O- 
So this is Jess, Jesse's second episode of being the cameraman. But before that, I had Casey Flipson doing the camera stuff, and he was one of the competitors in the Red Bull. Okay, cool. The Red Bull thing. So it was cool to see him like his his career's kind of been taken off in the snowboarding stuff too. Yeah, Ben He's Ben from Damage and I have been friends for very many years. We kind of linked up together on this party, and it was nice. really a big success. We had yeah, a blast. Fun. Yeah. yeah, Ben's. I don't know Ben quite as well. I know like Wyatt pretty well yep. from the shop, but that's super fun. Yeah, so it was a good event. So we do things like that. And okay. then uh, Johnny had some concerts rolling over last summer. I think he'll probably resume that this year on Mondays. Hmm. And um, we do some reggae fest stuff. There's things that pop up all all throughout the year. Okay. And we do some private parties, too. Do so, so, like, when reggae fest is happening in Duluth, you guys do some yep, things? Yeah, we do the after party. That? Yeah. Okay. And that's really cool, too, because they bring some really awesome, like, dance hall DJs out. Sure. And that's a fun change of vibe you know that reggae fest yeah. is fun too the music is like i don't listen i listen to reggae and i like it i just don't listen to it all that right. often i don't know it either but when they play it at the club it's like wow this is really cool <laughs> it is yeah. it's super cool and like actually like at the festival like just the vibe is it feels like such a different crowd that's out there than you usually see it is. and everybody is just so much fun same thing in the bar it's a way different crowd than usual oh for and sure that's cool for just a change of pace too yeah you know? it's like a takeover yep. i like it a lot it's a good. It's a good group of people that come in. Hundred percent. What other uh, What other events do you like at Bayfront, other than Reggae Fest, um, or that you guys maybe profit or not profit, but you you get see a lot more action because of those events. I guess. Just Grandmas, I'm sure. Obviously, Grandmas isn't really huge for the bars, to be honest with you. Because everybody goes down to the tents. They go down to the tent, and then also, even with the tents, the the crowd that are competitive marathoners are not huge drinkers. That would make sense. They're fitness people, right? you know? Yep. They work. They spend a lot of time working out. And then a lot of times, you know, they don't want to wreck their diets or their physiques by a bunch of calories for beers or mm -hmm. whatever. I've just noticed that throughout the years that who does party for that weekend is their families and friends that come up to support <laughs> them. Yeah. Yeah, but usually they don't party on Friday night, which you'd think would be a really big night because everybody's getting a good night's sleep for the race. Sure, yeah. The restaurants do really well with people going out to eat and stuff because there's such a large influx of people in town. Yeah, like 100,000, I think. But the nightclub is not that far out from a normal night. And then huh. on Saturday, we'll see a little celebrating at the end of the marathon. Sure. And a lot more of that is the people that are like, if I was going to try to marathon and I'm just say like, I survived this thing, and now let's go get <laughs> yeah, some drinks. Yeah, now it's time you know? to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. 100%. That's Versus what I would do, people too. people that are actually really into it. Yeah. I think it was 2019. I forget the dude. He was, like, Kenyan or something like that, but he yeah. got first place. And I think I remember seeing him at, like, the Flame or something crazy like that, like, later in the night. I forget what the dude's name was. It was... Yeah, I know I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but he was out yeah. He was out partying. I saw him at the Flame, and then I saw him at Luce, like, getting pizza at the end of it. And, like, yep. he was, like, all he these people were crowding around. Pretty much whipped stuff. everybody at the race, you know, by, like, oh an hour under. Oh, my God. Yeah, I yeah. remember seeing him run by, and he's, I mean... I was sitting at like the 22 mile mark and he was like Spool running sprint. faster <laughs> than I can sprint still, like just long strides. Yeah, Those guys are just a different impressive. breed. It's ridiculously impressive. It makes me just feel like a potato or something like that. Same. <laughs> But I do like to tell everybody that comes into the bar on those nights that I just finished the marathon and now I'm working my shift. <laughs> <laughs> nice, why <laughs> Helps not? with the tips. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man, just put in 26 miles. Oh, good run. Yeah. We're going to make it through this night. Yeah, I thought about running back, but I had, had a shift <laughs> I had to pick up. <laughs> All right, let's see. I, I mean, I've burned through quite a few of my questions that I have here. 
Um, actually, what about this? What are some interesting drinks that you've made? Uh, some of the, we have some, I would say, house favorites. Uh, the flux capacitor is a big one that a lot is of people drink. Is that a shot? That's a shot. Okay. It's green. I've had it before. For yeah. those of you that don't know, the flux capacitor is the time travel mechanism from the DeLorean in the Back to the Future movie series. <laughs> oh, yeah. So okay. if people ask what's in it, I just tell them 1.21 gigawatts. Okay. <laughs> yep. Got it. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. That was probably 10 years old. Yeah, that's one of those secret recipe drinks. Um, oh, so you don't tell people what no, what's in it? 1.21 okay. gigawatts. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> they're really good, though. I've had it before, for sure. They're, they're really tasty. And then... Uh, Another one of our sort of secret features is a uh, smoked caramel Manhattan. Holy cow. And that's a spin on the traditional Manhattan where we add a few extra things and then smoke the whole thing over cedar wood chips. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty tasty. A lot of people really like that. So are you, you're probably not making a ton of those like Friday night at midnight. Or no, that's o'clock. more for lounge hours. Sure. Yeah, yeah, from 6 to 10. If somebody asks you to make one of those at one We'll do it. Yeah. But usually it comes with one of these looks. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, like are you <laughs> kidding me right now? <laughs> you got 50 people standing in front of you, and you want me to make this thing for you? But I'll still do it and smile yeah. about no, it. No, that sounds good. It'll the hold caramel. up the show for a little bit. Um, what about a drink that you just hate making? Um, so I guess it depends, because if it's early in the night, I don't hate making any drinks. I'd love to make you the coolest drink, the fanciest, yeah. most complicated thing in the world. Sure. But when it's busy... And you're in the weeds, I guess, if anything that has more than five steps to it or, f- mm. you know, five different liquors to it. Yeah. Minus Long Islands because you can grab two bottles at once on those. But if you if you want a Cosmopolitan, I guess, or like uh, anything you have to muddle, an old-fashioned, those are just tough when it's really busy. Sure. It's not like you hate making them, but yeah. if you have a list of ten drinks in your head that you're hammering out and somebody goes, I'll take uh, two old-fashions and a Cosmo and a – you know, some other kind of elaborate, time-consuming craft cocktail. Yep. It's just, it's just harder to get to your next customer. That's right. But yeah, I can't remember which bar I was at. I was at a bar somewhere in Duluth, and I ordered a Bloody Mary at like 1230 mm-hmm. at night. And the bartender was like, are you fucking kidding yeah. me right now? And I was like, I, it sounds good. I'm drunk. Can I have a Bloody Mary? Right. And everybody else at the bar is like, dude, are you joking? Like, you just made everything take so much longer for the rest of us. Yeah, we don't even make those. So I don't have to worry about that. Oh. And then okay. blended drinks would be tough, too, but we don't have a blender. That's just from previous experience. Sure. People are like, Was that kind of by design that you guys don't yeah, have those it drinks? it is. It's it's really hard to whip out blended drinks when you're in the middle of a busy night. Sure. Yeah. Okay. What's an example of a blend? Like a pina colada? Yeah. Strawberry daiquiri, strawberry margarita. Okay. We used to I remember when I was working at Grandma's Up Bar, they rolled out a whole smoothie program. And I was like, oh. <laughs> There's 14 different smoothies, and they're and on the menu. And you can get it at any time. So everybody's just like, can we get a smoothie? And you just, you're just on the blender all day long. It's terrible. Yeah. Eventually, we'd be like, oh, the blender's broken, just like McDonald's ice cream machine is broken, it's you know? Yep, exactly. The up bar is kind of, so it, it's, is, it, is there a night of the week now that that gets busy again, or is that just kind of sl- a slower bar now? I'm not sure. I haven't been there in years. I haven't been there either. Yeah. Because like we said, there, I mean, that used to be like every night of the week. I remember when I turned 21, I just like, you quickly learned like which bar that you're supposed to go to. Oh, yeah. There's a circuit to it, you know? It's yeah. Like the reef on Tuesday. Tuesday. It was... The Rex on Wednesday. Yep. Um, Thursday was the... Up bar. Up bar. Friday was Spurs. 
Saturday was Aces. Or Friday was Flame. Yeah. yeah. You ended the, yeah. I wrote a blog about it, actually, yeah. like four years ago. That kind of got really popular. Well, and Saturdays actually. used to be the sports garden, too, before that shut down. Yep. Yep. For sure, it was the sports garden. Yeah. Yeah, and Sunday, I think a lot of people went to the OP on Sundays. Yeah. I didn't go out that much on Sundays, but the Flame is kind of an interesting spot. Do you ever go there? Yeah, I have some friends that work over there, so I pop in. Usually if I get a break over at Aces, I'll mm-hmm. go swing over and see what Fulmer's up to. Um, Greg Fulmer's nephew works there, Chad Fulmer. Oh, I know him. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah. I've probably, I, I did some, some work with him. I didn't, I've probably talked to him. I didn't even know it was him. That's wild. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I like to go harass those guys a little bit once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy crowd, the people at the Flame. It's similar to like what the Rex what the Rex was on Wednesdays, where it's just yep. like sweaty college kids yeah. dancing on each other. It is. It's quite the, <laughs> it's, yeah. That's the weekend though, man. That's what everybody wants to do, I yeah, guess. That's yeah, that's true. I may be, I might be getting too old for that kind of, well, I shouldn't say that. I literally was I just out I never two weeks I never did that in college either. I was always doing other things. I don't know. I definitely did. Did you? Oh yeah. Good. I didn't miss it. I was like, <laughs> cause I, had, I started as a real estate agent when I was like 20 or something like that. So when I, I turned 21, I was a year into it and I, I still did, I wake up, worked every day and I did open houses every weekend, but I right. also went out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of the night because I had five roommates and they were all in college. So yep. it was like every night it was just one guy I would just bring out the bottle of Jameson and be like, yeah, we're all going out. Like you guys can try to act well, cool. Yeah. Like you're not going to do it, but we did the same thing, but we mostly would go to different houses. I think we spent sure. more time hopping house parties. Yeah. I did in college than going to the bars. I kind of miss the house parties. I think cause I didn't have the money to hang out at the bars in college. It's expensive. Cause I look at, you know, some of the kids that do come out all the time and what they're rolling through. It's like, it's, it's more expensive to drink at the bars now than it was when I was in college, for sure. But it's just one of those things where I paid for college as I was going to college. Sure. And to do that and try to have money to go out was tough. So it was a case of Milwaukee's Best Ice. Oh, gross. For 5 or $8. Oh, yeah. Those and were cheap. It was a $5 Little Caesars pizza or whatever. That was dinner and drinks for the weekend, you I know? I like Little Caesars. It's not that bad. I like Little Caesars, too. I, I get a lot of hate for it, but I don't think it's that bad for the price. I mean, no. but Milwaukee's Best Ice, that stuff is absolute garbage. I remember was that was the first beer I ever threw up off of. Yeah, it was I bad. think I was 14. But it had the, uh, it had the highest ABV, and it was the cheapest. So yeah. that's why it got bought. I did a lot of uh, uh, Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah, PBR is good. That's still popular. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good beer. But I was I wasn't in I went to LSC for like three semesters and I dropped out of college and started doing real estate stuff. So I was like working full time. Yeah. So I, I was all about the bar the bar scene. Um, I think we'll wrap it up pretty quickly here, but I just I had one more question. What's something that bartenders are thinking but they don't typically say to the customers? Um I don't that's a tough one because you're usually not too judgy back there. It's really probably only for that is probably really only reserved for rude people. I would sure. say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you people know? that probably have it coming. Right. Um, and then what we're thinking is usually like who raised you and how <laughs> do you feel like it's cool to act in public like this? Yeah. You know, or, but other than that, I really like watching everybody do their own thing. Sure. You know? It's it's been there's so many different styles of dress now and there's so many different types of attitudes and people and mm-hmm. it's, it's just a big mix of really we see all types and it's 
it's cool it's culture it you know? yeah i was gonna say it'd be yeah. it'd be interesting to be like sober in that drunk environment yeah so much and like you said to see like the culture and especially you who has done it for a while like see how cultures change over time and it's so fun and a lot of times i just wake up in the morning just like laughing in bed because it's like did that really happen last That's night or hilarious. like what a goofy bunch of people that were hanging out here last night or just it's constantly just good vibes like i smile all the time because it's it's so over the top entertaining it's like the, yeah. the best entertainment ever is just watching people have a good time that's fun yeah watch people's goofy dance moves on the dance floor <laughs> yeah. it's like all of it it's just it's very entertaining and it's very i appreciate all the cool people that come on yeah yeah okay I do. that's awesome yeah well i i don't think i have any more questions i mean is there anything else you want to cover not really thanks okay. for having me i Really appreciate you coming on. Aces yeah. is an awesome bar. So anybody who's watching this in Duluth or outside of Duluth, you got to go check it out if you haven't been there. I'm sure most of you have probably been there, though. It's a pretty popular, a pretty popular spot. But thanks again for coming. Um, anything you want to plug before we leave the DJ company or? Um, not really. Just swing out to Aces. Come have a good time with us. Beautiful. Yeah. Swing out to Aces. You guys need photos. Don't forget about Jesse Angel. We just figured out your last name is Angel, not Angle. So that's a big development in our lives. I'm skeptical. Thank you, guys. I think we're good.